Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hey, it's Faye OJ and you're tuned into The Motion, where we get conversation moving in the best way possible. From music to culture to politics to fashion, no conversation is off the table. And this podcast is guaranteed to get your emotions in motion. Each week, I'm joined with some guests with conflicting opinions, and they are tasked with the challenge of swaying my vote to their side. However, there are some topics that I just cannot be neutral in, and one of those is definitely food. So today, I'm jumping onto the debate side with my guests. This episode is titled Friendship Ending Food Fights because you may lose a few friends after this. Joining me today, I have foodies of the internet. First up, we have Ola, founder of Insta food blog, The Chow Channel. Hey guys, food is actually a big part of my day-to-day life. I spend probably 80% of the day thinking about food. I've been food blogging for just over a year now, a year and a bit. In that time, I've literally eaten so much food, ranging from street food to Michelin-star restaurants. Off the back of that, I feel like I've got a good enough background to determine when someone's opinion is like trash. We also have Kofo of the Insta page Kofs Eat, which acts as a three-in-one food blog, recipe source, and catering service. When I first started cooking, everyone kept asking me, like, do you sell this? Or like, how can I get this? And then I was like, I can't keep cooking for free. So I turned it into a part-time job. I'd say like, I've been obsessed with food for a really long time. I don't know if I was really good at it from being super talented from birth, or I practiced and like practice makes, (laughs) I practiced me perfect. I should know quite a bit of, about food. Should? You don't sound very sure. I don't want to brag. <laughs> this is the energy we love to see. Knowing that I wasn't just speaking to any amateur about these topics, I have been doing some hands-on in-the-field research. I've been eating the chicken wings drum by drum, flat by flat, eating pizza in all the different ways. So I feel like I really have all the answers. Coming up for you, we have eight debates, including, but not limited to, Drums versus flats. What is the best pasta shape? Is there really a correct way to eat a pizza? And a lot more, including some call-ins from our listeners about the weirdest food stories that they've had. Let's get into it. I've concluded that a drum is actually not a chicken wing. It is actually just a mini drumstick. Here we go. I mean... A drum is basically, it's the star of the wing. If you don't have a drum, like you just have an extra bit of chicken. And also like flats are so, so much of an effort to eat. Do you stick your tongue in between like the the two tiny bones? You pick up a drum and it's easy. You know, you, you can eat it in one bite. Flats are struggle. Why would you see a flat? next to a drum and think oh actually i'm gonna go for that flat <laughs> that meatless flat i saw a tweet about this the other day it was like like for drums and retweet for um flats and flats had like 400k retweets and drums had 80 likes and i'm thinking there we what? go what's really going on in the world i mean i guess like obviously like given this current state of the world like people's like 
emotions are affected they're not really thinking wow. straight so, that is um, why this is this is the one situation why. where corona does not have a place <laughs> like let us be honest so the two things you guys have said are actually just scientifically incorrect you said a meatless flat a drum has meat on it but it's not really mostly meat it's mostly cartilage and bone that's meat and i get why you know you talk about the ease of picking up a drum because that's why people like drumsticks so here you've just got (laughs) a mini drumstick that's not really what's characterizing a wing if you can have a drumstick without a wing what you cannot have is a wing without a flat or a flat without a wing so they actually complete each other. I get what you're saying. Like scientifically, yes, you can't actually have a wing without a flat. But at the same time, the flat is kind of the boniest part of the wing. Incorrect. Prove me wrong. A flat has two tiny bits of bone in them, which you can either, you know, take off before you eat. Or like me, you've just put the flat directly into your mouth and bam, you, you sucked it all out. It's actually very, very easy to eat. So you're saying you suck your chicken wings. That is that is all I got from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, take from that what you will. But I'm just saying that it's possible to eat it in one go. A drum, not so much. These figures are absolutely plucked from the sky. So no one sort of like quote me on this. When you take out the bone from a flat, what is left is pretty much like 70% skin and then like 30% actual meat. Whereas with like drums, you got the bone, but then like the meat to skin ratio is like 50-50. Definitely believe that there's way more actual like edible meat on a drum. And I'm ready to die on that hill. Please don't. I'm, I'm gonna die on that hill with you. For your sake, I hope you don't die on the hill because it's just incorrect. There's no bigger version of a flat because it does enough. You don't need a bigger version of something if it's doing enough. Conversely, you don't need a bigger version of something useless as well. So, uh... <laughs> So my favourites are rigatoni, fusilli and tagliatelle. The one pasta shape that I cannot stand now is penne. Fantastic. You know nothing. You know absolutely nothing. But for what you're saying about penne, it's the worst. There's some pasta dishes that just need a simple pasta. They don't need anything that's doing too much, that's too like bow-shaped or too like twisted. Different types of pasta have different, they have different needs. When you have penne, it goes with everything. It's beautiful. It is simple. There's so much beauty in the simplicity. Penne is the most like dissatisfying food type that there is out there oh my god oh my god it's actually a disappointment what are we doing (laughs) it's actually so painful to eat it tastes very sandy what honestly it just feels so dense i'm feeling a little bit sick thinking about it right now it lets the sauce do the work for instance like i was gonna make a jerk prawn pasta today and i was thinking what type of pasta should i use like i wasn't gonna use like the spiral pasta i can't remember what it's called like that i would use for mac and cheese because it's not gonna look nice and the only pasta that i think would look nice i think i would advise you to use something different maybe you go for like a nice rigatoni or i have to ask what is the difference between rigatoni and penne they look pretty similar to me exactly remember how i said earlier the penne just tastes extremely dense yeah, you don't have that with rigatoni because like it's a lot more hollow when you cook it. It's a bit thinner than penne. But when you take a bite of rigatoni, you don't feel right. There is too much pasta going on in here. But I feel like I don't like the idea of 
a hole in pasta. I think that's <laughs> that's an issue I struggle with. You've got to get the sauce in there as well. But I feel like the shell one, that actually captures the sauce, you know? Like, the sauce isn't escaping. But with all these whole yeah. pastas, it's like, you could have pick in and actually just get a piece of pasta without sauce. <laughs> like, that, that's what I mean by disappointing. The whole captures the sauces. Like, you you know, you're pouring your sauces in, like, holy pasta, and it's it's soaking it in. It's just... It's, Preach. Oh, a, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. <laughs> It's one of those things where you sometimes you just want a bit of like a bit more, a bit less. With the shells, like, you know, pretty much every piece of pasta you have is going to be full of sauce. With holy pasta, you kind of have like a varying amount of sauce with each one. This is going to be a pleasant surprise. Like, how much sauce am I going to get with this bite? The pen is trash. Yeah, let's let's agree on that. Everything you'd want with pasta, I thought you get with Fusilli. Like, it's simple. It's pretty. It takes the sauce, but again, like what you're saying, not too much all the time. I just feel like yeah, it does the job sure. that needs to be done. It's never going to let you down. I think it does too F much. Facility is definitely top there. Come on. I've also noticed as well that as trash as penny is, it's one of the like most popular types mm -hmm. of pasta. Invest this time in like rigatoni or something else. Like, why are you spending so much time on penny? Like, no, like no one likes that trash, except for Kofu, obviously. <laughs> Everybody likes it and that's why it's popular. Pizza. Obviously a really big topic. Some people fold, some people take the cheese off, some people believe that barbecue base is a pizza. It kind of A, depends on where I am when I'm having pizza and um, B, depends on what I'm wearing. If I'm out like eating like at a restaurant or something, I, I tend to go for like a fork and knife because then it just kind of makes me feel a bit more like proper, like I'm out in public, I want to look good, air quotes, while I eat. So you just want to make as little contact with the pizza as possible it just makes me feel better but when i'm at home like in my element just kind of chilling having a lazy day with joggers on and whatnot definitely hand i want the full grease experience all my hands dirty or my face dirty and i'll dive into the pizza face first if i have to folding is definitely a no for me why are you folding a slice of pizza it's just like come on if you're gonna fold you might as well have a calzone i agree with folding completely i feel like it sort of reduces the pizza surface area and you want to be getting like the most out of pizza Something I'm really passionate about is when people use a fork and knife to either eat pizza or a burger. It's just so fake. Like, you know you don't want to be eating with a fork and knife. And I started work recently, like, in September. I've quit now because because of things like this, you know, because of just being fake. When we go out to eat with clients and I've ordered a burger and I see people getting a fork and knife out, it just completely ruins the eating experience. Coffee, are you fake as well? Or do you just eat with... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I would never order pizza at a restaurant. It's just it's just not my go-to. And if I was at an Italian restaurant, I would definitely order pasta. I would never eat pizza with a fork at night. Yeah, sometimes you need to switch it up though, because if you go to an Italian restaurant, pretty much the only options are like pasta or pizza, right? You don't want to have pasta every time you go for Italian. And there's some Italian restaurants that are kind of, fair enough. <laughs> but there's some Italian restaurants that are well known for their pizza. Would you not want to try the pizza then? Man, I feel like even then, it would always be like my hands, regardless of where I am. I hear that loudly. I feel like, you know, just, just get a bib, like worse to worse, <laughs> and then you can... <laughs> Another aspect of pizza is, is barbecue-based. So I actually used to love barbecue-based pizza, but recently I've just realised it's actually just not a pizza. We just need to be calling things as they are. It's toast, but it's, it's not a pizza. I feel like 
barbecue base is the only way to have a pizza tomato base is just kind of basic it just screams yeah. I, I did everything my parents told me when i was younger it's it's quite childish where's the edge where's the edge to this the edge from the person who uses fork and knife because they're too scared <laughs> to get their clothes dirty that is ironic definitely prefer barbecue based pizza i wouldn't say like i'm a pizza person i don't really like cheese which is weird because like i cook with cheese and like but it's just not my favorite thing so whenever i have pizza like i make sure it's like loaded with so much but so you're basically saying you don't like cheese you don't like tomato based you're basically just deconstructing yeah. what a pizza is I'm going to say how I eat my pancakes and you may think it's savoury but it actually is more sweet. From the age of like four I'd say my mum would make pancakes and then we'd have them with like frankfurters and syrup. To me that's sweet because it's mostly sweet than savoury. It's a bit of a weird one. It's not really sweet. It's I, it's also not really savoury. It's more like savoury. Like it's a bit in like the middle. Yeah. like syrup yeah <laughs> is hella sweet and like frankfurters that's like pork that's savory but isn't a savory pancake just a pizza what like what is the actual difference especially yeah, then... if you guys be, <laughs> be altering the pizza sauces you're pretty much eating a pizza i saying this to someone the other day if we're playing a game of word association with pancakes like the first things that come to mind are like bacon eggs sausages yep like, same bacon. yeah i don't think yeah. like sweet things like strawberries or Syrup. I feel like this question is so loaded. Let me tell you why. Because basically, <laughs> when we're talking about pancakes, right? For me, the first thing I think of is like a buttermilk pancake, fluffy, almost heavy pancake. And I think the only thing you can eat with that is savory stuff. Like the reason I don't really like my old Dutch is because I think they're less pancakes and more crepes. That's not a pancake to me. Like I love crepes, but like they scream sweet and pancakes which is like, you know, fluffy buttermilk pancakes, scream savory. So it really just depends. I would never eat a savory crepe in my life. Buttermilk pancakes with chicken and syrup, you know, buttermilk waffles with chicken, pancakes and sausages, bacon, eggs. That is a great distinction, to be fair. I think there's like some national distinctions here with what like a crepe and a pancake is. So when I hear like buttermilk, I think of American, you know, American brunch. Mm -hmm. And again, the more I've aged, the more I've matured, I've realised that it's it's actually just flavourless, to be completely honest. I can count what? the amount of places I've gone to <laughs> and no, I've had, you know, the chicken and waffles and the, the waffles aren't, like, they're not nice, which means the main thing is the chicken or the main thing is the bacon, the main thing is the egg because it needs that because it is actually <laughs> bland. So I don't know if I can include those sort of pancakes in my in my debate. If we're talking about a pancake living up to its full potential, it's with, you know, sweet things. I feel like it complements the pancake better than these dry American brunches. The thing about that is like with those kind of pancakes, there is such a thing as having too much flavor. I feel personally that with those kind of pancakes, like the pancakes actually play a supporting role rather than like being the main event. The taste of the pancakes is too strong. The chicken is also like, it's literally like just a weird part in your mouth. With savory pancakes, sometimes the pancakes just have to take a bit of a step back in like flavor and just support the main event. But you're eating bread then. You're just eating no, bread. No. This, no, you are. You yeah, are. Just a little less personality. You are telling a pancake to not be itself so that other <laughs> things can come and take over. Like, 
What does that even mean? But this is what we get when we try and like mash everything up together. Like I'm sure the person who invented pancakes <laughs> in the first place didn't intend for it to be eaten with other things. But as we've progressed, we've decided to mix and match. We're going to have strawberries and whipped cream today. We're going to have chicken and whatever tomorrow. So you have to sort of like adjust your pancakes to fit that role. I don't know about this. I've been told that in my personal life, you know, just just shine a little less so that this person <laughs> can, can do better. And you know, I, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm of that school of thought. I don't think you should ever tell someone to not be themselves because someone that doesn't have as much gusto <laughs> needs to shine. Like that you're just eating chicken with waffles, a chicken with pancake. No longer and. No longer and It is now time for the listener interlude. This week, we asked you to send us in your weirdest food stories. So we have two listeners today, Tyle and Ianu, talking about a time they were served a particular food in a circumstance that they were not expecting. When I lived in halls during my first year of university, we had chicken and a brown sauce, shall we say. I assumed it was gravy, so I, I really got it up in there with my chicken, only for me to put it in my mouth and be met with bitterness like of the dark chocolate variety the shock the dismay the mismatch of flavors uh, it was actually harrowing never have chocolate chicken guys so we were on a school trip to france last year when we arrived they said we we're gonna go and get some pizza we get there and then there's this restaurant and there's people eating on tables but we don't sit there they take us to this like weird underground place with like nobody there we obviously thought we were gonna get pizza and then they give us melted chocolate and melted cheese sandwiches with onions in it we were like where's the pizza and they was like oh this is this is uh, the french style of pizza and then we had to eat that you absolutely hate to see it. Well, we're back to the action of today's debate, starting with a flip on the old milk and cereal, because I think we can all agree that cereal goes in first. Something I have realised, actually, is that there is always milk left, and it does really irritate me. What do you do with the leftover milk? I always add more cereal in. So my favourite cereal is Crunchy Nut, and it's yes, the only cereal absolutely, that I need. absolutely. So every time there's like milk left over, it's like the milk even now has like the sweetness from the first batch of Crunchy Nut. So when you add the second batch in, it's she extra knows, sweet. And she it's she like, knows, she knows. I'm not about that. I'm not about that. <laughs> I literally just had this debate. It was yesterday, in fact. Sweet cereals don't sit right with me at all. What? So when you then wait, what? when you then like have like cereal that has a first of all changed the taste of the milk, b changed the color of the milk, and you're there like adding more like to it. I'm literally like, no, this is a bit sickening. So I was talking to someone and she said um, her favorite cereal is Cocoa Pops, and I'm like, first of all, are you ten? <laughs> Second of all, like, doesn't the fact that your milk is then gonna end up being a different color just grind your gears? Like. Do you cornflakes or what like what <laughs> yeah so you know on the box where it shows the nutritional information my things are all green i don't mess with oranges <laughs> at all fruit and fiber i'm like all bran <laughs> Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. We're definitely ending this conversation here. I don't even think you're in this conversation. You know, go ahead and put milk before your cereal because regardless what you do, you're doing it wrong. At the same time, when I was a kid, I was that child who would have Frosties and put sugar in it as well. The thought of that today is just, I, yeah, it's sickening. Given that you probably like sort of ate your whole like sugar, life sugar content 
and whatever, you, however old you were when you were doing this, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Probably. it makes sense. Yeah, this but is you true. know, you don't need to pay for the mistakes where you didn't know better. You know, you don't need to <laughs> do that to yourself now. It sounds really sick to say, but I'm actually fond of Aubran. With a whole Oreo, I just feel like it's too much. So I like break it in half, eat the biscuits, and I throw away the cream. That was actually kind of painful to hear. So you can't even just say like, right, I just want to have a quick biscuit because there's like some surgical process that has to go into like, do you do the same thing with like custard creams? With every sandwich biscuit, like I just, I can't eat the cream. Why don't you just eat a digestive? Eat a digestive, a McVitty, a rich tea. Like there's, there's options out there. <laughs> it's less flavorful. Yeah, actually kind of harming the environment. They make Oreo singles now, which is amazing. They see me, I feel seen. The only kind of Oreos I actually really like is the double stuff. <laughs> The double yeah. stuff ones were the truth. There's a whole world of Coke. Like, it's dedicated to Coke. It's just like, you know it's that good. There's so many flavors. There's so much you could do with Coke. Put vanilla ice cream on top and you have a Coke float. Like, it's the best thing ever. Surely like, you can just have a Pepsi float as well. Though. It will never, ever slap the same. Every other flavored soft drink, I think copies coke sorry <laughs> why is there a cherry flavored pepsi why who asked them for that coke doesn't really have a flavor there's nothing to really describe it to but but coke mm, i'm gonna have to disagree with you there <laughs> exactly and that's what makes it stand out it's like that's why it's so great first of all there is a massive difference there is just something about coke that just makes you feel guilty when you've had it it might be psychological but i think pepsis are like lighter they feel less like this is definitely not the right word to go here, but they feel less creamy. Like I can literally feel the weight adding onto my body when I drink a Coke. I'm more of a, either like a Pepsi Max or a Diet Coke. I just, <sighs> I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too Why? much. It's actually too much. <laughs> And I feel like Pepsi Max is closer to Pepsi than Diet Coke is to Coke. And so I feel like recently now, when I like buy drinks, like I'd buy a Pepsi Max before a Diet Coke. I complete. I totally agree. 100%. If you don't want the calories, drink water. Like, you know when you're drinking Coke, you're drinking the experience. That's not very inclusive. Like, I want the taste of Coke, but I don't want all the crap that comes with it. Then you know, drink Coke once a month. I feel like Coke is just more of a culture thing. I feel like there's a I think so too. been like drilled into us from when we were young. I think it's the government like trying to control yeah. us also. Like they tell us Coke is the way. They give you a world of Coke, so they feel like Coke is the world, but there's a lot more out there, you know? It is. There's, a, there's even a young mm. Dr. Pepper. Do you know what? I love, I Dr. love Pepper. Dr. Pepper. I love. I used to hate it because it kind of tastes like medicine, but when I grew up, my, my, my taste refined. But funny enough, my friend said the other day that she feels like Pepsi is for people on the budget. And I was like, hmm. How did we get there? That's just like like a consumer scam. Because first of all, Pepsis and Cokes are pretty much exactly the same price. But then like her justification was like, think about the places where you find Pepsi. It's usually like yeah. in places where people <laughs> are kind of like saving money. So like high street chicken shops and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, that's a completely different dynamic. I never thought about it that way, but I still don't agree. It's, it's elitist, but now that she's said it, you hear more, can I have a Coke? We only have Pepsi. Then, can I have a Pepsi? We only have Coke. And that has actually changed my way of thinking, actually. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more to Coffo's side now.
Definitely triangle. There's just so much more that you're working with. You have multiple bites at a triangle sandwich. This is facts. It's statistic. It's like everything. Like you have more bites eating a triangle sandwich than you do eating it rectangular. As a mathematician, I don't know if the surface area does change <laughs> yeah. based on how you cut, you know, the line of symmetry. Just had to put that expertise into that. There's something about triangles that just doesn't sit right with me. I've had very bad experiences with triangular sandwiches. Whenever you go to some any event where there's like triangular sandwiches, whoever made them, wherever they've come from, someone has neglected them a little bit. So you get some triangles which have all of the filling and then you get that other triangle that has like a bit of butter and like the edge of like the rocket. Another thing about this for me is I don't really like sandwiches without crust and you can't have a triangular crusted sandwich. It just looks off. When you cut sandwiches rectangularly, you sort of like mess up the crust because you like cut it in the middle. If you have a triangle sandwich, you've got one edge of the crust, the other edge of the crust. But like rectangular, it's just in the middle. Like there's no togetherness. And it's hardly ever symmetrical. Like that's the, that's my problem with rectangular sandwiches. Like you're not even looking at the middle properly. Like it's always, one's always going to be bigger than the other. But when it's, tri when it's a triangle shaped sandwich, it's like, you know from one end of the sandwich to the other like it's perfect pret pret does rectangular sandwiches and their sandwiches just look great all the time like you get a proper view of like what's inside it they look like the same sort of size like pret would have good sandwiches regardless though but what about when you're just at home making it yourself like how you kind of get then because then i feel like it's so much harder to get it right with rectangular sandwiches i think i mess up triangular all the time because like i said when you leave the crust on when you try and cut it triangular you get that little bit of, cr of crust that just flails off and just does its own thing but when you're doing rectangular you just split it down the middle so each sandwich has a bit of like the hearty top if that makes sense like I think the fact that you can't cut a triangle sandwich probably says a lot about you. I'm yeah, it's definitely a personal problem. Say. I was thinking that is all same. I'm gonna say. <laughs> like you literally have the guidance there for you. It's like quarter, quarter down the middle. Like, yep. What what more do you need? With like rectangular, it's yeah. hard to know like where exactly is the half. There's no like guidance for you and i feel like mm -hmm. if bread is telling you cut me here you know i'm making it easier for you this way <laughs> why are you just going to break the system but then like with most like loaves of bread or like slices or whatever you have like that little kink in the middle the top of the loaf you've got that little bumpy bit and then that bottom bit is more often than not the middle so you just use that as your guideline and cut a rectangular sandwich that is true i do hear that part i do Thank that you. kink is really <laughs> annoying but I feel like packaging-wise, it's just nice to... Like, when you see someone, you know, with that triangular thing, yeah. you just know they have a sandwich. And, like, if it's a rectangular <laughs> box, it could be anything. Like, it could be a wrap. It could be, like, a donut. Like, it, could, it doesn't scream sandwich, you know? And with that, we are now at the end of the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to follow Olad's food page at the.chow.channel and Coffo's food page at Coffeat with a double F and two double S's. Make sure to keep up with the emotion also at the emotion underscore on Instagram. And if you want to be featured in our listener segment, then send those voice members over to emotionpodcast at gmail.com reacting to any past episode that you want to make sure to have a great week and you know stay eating
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.